What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Uh, I'm back in the chair again. It's I think it's been about a month. Um, the last one was recorded up at my show in San Francisco, which I found out today is going to um, be up all through July and somewhere into the beginning of August. So if uh, you are in San Francisco, anywhere around the mission, make sure you go check that out. Uh, Nowheresville uh, SF Gallery. It's on uh, 14th and Guerrero. Um, I got a bunch of stuff up there. There's some things for sale still. So go out there and buy some shit if you're into that. Um, lots of stuff's been going on. I'm working on a brand new series of these skulls and like still life paintings that are all bright and, uh, you know, they seem dark, but they're also kind of fluffy. It's weird. Um, I'm really like uh, experimenting with color and doing new things. So um, you can go check that out at Mike Maxwell Art on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram. Follow me over there. I hit the 2,500 mark of followers. It, it's so cultish to say that. But I've been watching a bunch of cult movies, uh, like documentaries about cults and shit lately. Super into communes and the whole scene um, as of late. Maybe I will talk to my guest about that today. Mr. Um, Justin Curson is on the show he and I met in a peculiar way. Um, we'll get into that. He is a, a producer and artist, um, makes a lot of different things, and uh, works in a bunch of different types of mediums in different ways. So um, we'll get into all that. Uh, make sure you follow the podcast at Live Free Podcast on Twitter. I, fuck, I probably haven't posted on there in a while. I guess I only post when I do new shows. I try to keep up to date with posting stuff. A bunch of artists like... Uh, PJ Fiddler and um, shit, somebody else who's been on the podcast before, uh, Travis Millard and I think Mel Cadell are doing a show at New Image Art uh, this weekend. Uh, I might not get this episode up by then, but uh, it should be up in time for people in LA to go check that out. Um, but so I try to post stuff up on the podcast Facebook page when uh, people have been guests on the show. Uh, are doing things so go follow that shit if uh if you like the podcast and want me to do it more you could donate to the show uh just go to mikemaxwell.com click on the podcast link and there's some paypal action over there you could drop some does in the paypal if if uh you so wish uh if not it's okay too um i've been really busy painting and training and and uh trying to be a bad motherfucker so uh, podcast interviews are few and far between, but I'm still doing them. Um, I know uh, I'm talking with uh, Luchin Shapiro about uh, recording something, and there's a bunch of people I've talked to in the past about setting something up. It's just a matter of organizing time uh, and syncing watches with artists, which is sometimes difficult to do. Um, so uh, let's just jump right into this thing now that I've blabbed for a few minutes. Everything sounds good. Ah. Feels like I'm doing like this is new again. If I don't do it for like a month, it's funny. Um, but it's really just fucking talking shit. So uh, let's jump into this thing and give Justin a call. Justin Kirsten, what's up, my brother? What up, dude? How you been, man? Fucking good. It's uh, it's good to see you. Actually, you're just a you're just a um, an icon image right now. I'm glad I have that. You got like a cognitive image of me in your head, probably like 
smoking a joint with like a pit bull in my arms and like waving the other hand in the air with like a weapon or tattoo gun or something. I don't know. That's what ends up happening, except for everything's a digital uh, icon image of who everyone is now. Instagram post 407. Right. Do you want to turn your camera on so I can see you? Yeah. Oh, no, that's the wall. And, yeah, brother. Nice. Sometimes it's a little easier to have the conversation when you, even though I have a mic in front of my face, so you can't even see when my, like my part of the conversation stops. But, um, so first of all, thanks for, for taking the time to, uh, come on and, and talk with me. Uh, we've known each other for a few years now. It's funny. I just told the story of how we met recently for some reason. <laughs> like whenever I start talking about my tattoos and, uh, and people's like trip out that I have Mike giant tattoos. I, I I tend to tell the story of how you and I met, and it's funny. So it was like a few years ago, Comic Con was going on, and uh, I was seeing all these uh, T O T T stickers around <laughs> with the uh, the uh, the flower of life. Is that is that the, what that symbol is called? Oh uh, yes, sir. Yeah, and so I had noticed that around like during Comic Con, and it was after. It may have been the day that I ate mushrooms at Comic Con. I can't. It, there's been so many blurry images of Comic Con days, but so it ends up. I was leaving. It was like the afternoon, and I had. Uh, I was getting a ride. Uh, you know, it was going to take like a half hour. So like, I was creeping around downtown looking for like a chill place to to get high. Right, like I just wanted to smoke a bowl while and relax after like stressful ass Comic Con. Like I ate some mushrooms or whatever. And I had been burning back behind the the convention center. But this time, I you know, I had to go like get set up to get a ride, and I didn't want the people to have to wait for me or whatever. So I'm walking down the street, and what I hear somebody go like, "Mike Giant tattoo," or you know, like something fucking along those lines. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like it's like the straight. It usually doesn't happen, you know, unless it's like in a like in a tattoo community already. But walking down when it's mostly like comic book nerds and people in like cosplay uniforms and shit, like I didn't expect it. And so that person was you, uh, and you and your buddy um, were doing some work for the company that you do. So end up we talked and shot the shit. Uh, we had mutual friends, obviously, and uh, we met each other from there. And it seems like we've been friends since then, right? Yeah, dude, major. Like I remember. <laughs> Fucking, you saved my ass once, like one Art Basel. You were like, dude, I just saw a backpack full of like Talk Global wheat paste, something, something in the oh, bushes. And I was yeah. like, oh, and it was like some little kid we hired to like smash on wheat paste project. And he, like, you know, minions, dude. This is fucking... <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so, so that was when you and I met. But um, let's jump back a little bit. You You grew up in California? Uh, yeah, I grew up in San Francisco, California. You know, uh, I say San Francisco, California, but I went to Drake High School for all the OGs out here. They know that's in Marin. It's about 15 minutes north of the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. So I had the opportunity, you know, to smoke trees on Mount Tam after school. That's where 420 was invented because girl, <laughs> girl I went to high school with, her father, you know, you'd make it to the top of Tam by 420, and that's when you lit up. So... That's the like era and the time I grew up in. It's like uh, post days and confused. You know what I mean? Right. Kids weren't doing hard drugs in high school. It was fun. You'd 
do a prank. It wasn't a terrorist act, and <laughs> life was good. Yeah, for sure. I remember tons of kids throwing like cherry bombs down toilets. I bet that's now a terrorist act, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think one time, like someone drove the principal's car in the pool. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Jail time. You like Guantanamo Bay style. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, this podcast one four three. That's a good number for me, man. That's a positive vibe. Why is that? Just uh, I don't know, man. With numbers like the last show I had, Blood and Ink, I tried to price some of the stuff that was uh, like six 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 hundred and sixty six dollars, just to like piss people off or poke <laughs> thought or four twenty, like I said, or you know uh, the superstition around the number thirteen. Um, it's actually like a number that's a supposedly strong day of manifestation, and the Western civilization puts this negative stigma on it whereas like the eastern uh philosophy is like 13 lucky 13 so it's just one four three man it's a positive number it's like the old school pager text code for like yeah like she likes me or whatever (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah i had what i I was thinking 42 because 42 has a bunch of like uh numerology mythologies behind it it's like the answer to everything at the end of uh the uh that one movie where they're they're trying to figure out the answer to life and the, they build that big machine what the fuck's the name of that movie they build the big fucking robot the big ass computer and it tells them that the answer to life is 42 fuck i know i know the movie you're talking about yeah. dude is i've been having i've been watching so many fucking movies lately that i can't remember the titles of any of them there's 23 where the guy that talks out of his butt uh Jerry, jim carrey like he kills somebody, it's twenty three. Then there's Pi. That's a good one around numbers. Yeah, I just posted about that just recently. Like I was obsessed with that movie when it came out. That one was good. And then forty two. I'm trying to think of forty two. Um, should I know when it's when it spits it out? It's like forty two, and he's like forty two. And then they like rebuild the whole machine again to like get another answer, right? What the hell? It's where it's like Wally or some cartoon or something. No, fuck, I forget. But anyway, so so you sort of did you get the opportunity, I guess, to be in like a more rural environment while at the same time having the city so? Close? I did, man. Like you know, after. Uh, to put it in a nutshell, after high school, I went up to Humboldt State University to get a more of an education, whereas all my friends went to Long Beach to get STDs and an education. I, you know, went for the more like uh, wholesome take on it all. And in a nutshell, all my friends up there, you know, and I used to date the Native American girl. We're out on the res. They'd call me City Slicker. And then when I'm down here in the Bay Area at a concert with them. My homies from high school would call me country boy. So it's like, I don't know where I fit in. I don't really give a shit to fit in anywhere. I don't, yeah. you know, I have my qualms with the country. The The quality of conversation you get from people there is lacking. And then just the physical when you're in the city, I I get lost around buildings, bro. I need rocks and trees. Otherwise, it's like, I don't know where I am. Yeah. I just watched this film about a, um, a group of, uh, artists they were uh, photographers a painter uh filmmaker whatever and uh they walked the john muir trail oh yeah that's that's what's up yeah it looked fucking like it's it's weird and it's funny at the beginning you know they didn't really have all their shit together they had some experience (laughs) obviously by the end they ran into like a couple young cats and the young cats were talking to the camera away from them and they were like 
these guys all look like they had some new knowledge that we were clearly not aware of that like as just starting the trail like they had seen him at like mile 200 like 190 or whatever you know and it was like clearly they had evolved somehow in the, that 190 mile trek like to learn some new set of knowledge and you find like you know you could say the same for somebody who's uh you know in the woods all the time and shows up in a city and has no sort of grasp on how to deal with it you know like just shuts down just like a lot of city people would shut down in those type of environments no man it's it's a controversy and it's like a battle within me that i that i enjoy you know what i mean it's like uh the way the world is with the cities built on top of cities it's not we're not thriving in those environments as a species we're not uh in a symbiotic relationship with mother nature and earth and the ultimate divine feminine that created us all we're just you know it's fun don't get me wrong like i love the city <laughs> sure. but it's working out in a gym is like a very unnatural thing it's like a mouse getting on a little hamster wheel because he's in a cage opposed to like running in the forest for the day you know what i mean yeah and uh being able to run in the forest and let my mind look at the stars at night and all that is where I want to be at, but it's also my mind as a philosopher and trying to use art as a tool to, you know, uh, invoke or should I say, like develop the consciousness of mankind. You have to be in the city to do so. So it's it's that balance that I don't know if I'll ever find, but it's in the search that it's keeps me going. Yeah, I've, I've been nature and city. I've been really interested in communal living lately just the idea of like sort of hearkening back to a sort of uh maybe more primitive way of life but still being able to on some level uh utilize some modern technologies on some level but at the same time like you're talking about like as a creator uh do we need these audiences now in city structures as a way to present our works to people like is it important still? You know what I mean? Like, uh, if, if you're living in a, like a communal environment, does showing your work to just that community have as much, uh, impact on the creator as it does to like showing it to maybe a sure. group of collectors? Yeah. The, the age old, you know, saying like preaching to the choir, how far do you really get your, how much does your idea ripple out in the world when church people talk to church people, you know what I mean? And that's actually why I, I used to live in Humboldt, then I went to Tahoe and became even more of a mountain man. And then I had this idea, Talk Global Tools of the Trade, my company. My friends were like, oh man, pick a city, you got to execute this thing. And my two pitbulls at the time were looking at me, like shaking their head, no, not we're not doing New York, we're not doing LA. All right, we can deal with San Francisco. It's uh, The city is very integrated with nature, let's go for it. So we moved down here and pulled the talk global trigger and, you know, almost five years later now we're, we're killing it. So, so how did that start out in terms of, so like maybe let's describe what you do, um, with your company, I guess, uh, my first, uh, experience was there was like some, uh, domino games that you had put together. You're, you're blending, um, objects with art in maybe a different way than what is normally seen. Yeah, um, my next show is going to bring light to the whole idea. Like It's going to be games that I'm one-offing. So in the next year, we'll see that, and it'll help describe it all. But basically, what Tools of the Trade is, is it's 
grassroots games, the idea of like unplug and play when you're working on your computer all day and you want to relax when you get home or go on an intimate date, you pull out a chess game or domino set and you have this intimate one-on-one relationship with people that doesn't exist really anymore. Yeah. Or uh, we also make turkey bags. So for Thanksgiving, you know, the TV's hogged up, all the guys are watching sports. Mom's cooking uh, turkey, unless it's San Francisco and it's some raw vegan substitute or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> turkey in the oven, and she dumps one of our badass, like Anthony uh, Liston, like, excuse me, um, who do we got puzzles with? Ron English or Mark Bodie puzzles out. And she's like, all right, kids, I have your attention. Why'd you get suspended last week? Have fun building the puzzle. Like, you know what I mean? She's got their attention in the kitchen or like send me back to some of the other uses the turkey bags are for. Kids are sitting in the field with these turkey bags, just twiddling their thumbs, waiting till October to come. And they got these cool games. They don't have to plug in that they can play every night type thing. Mm -hmm. So the games are all stemming from where I originally did. And that's just like, the, the mind of a hustler, the ultimate tool of the trade is your mind when you're a hustler and the dice, the dominoes, the playing cards, they put art in a community where it's uh, not as dominant other than, you know, graffiti on the walls, but it's uh, encouraging kids to look at Shepard Fairey and Mike Giant as role models opposed to Michael Vick and stuff like that because right. they just don't have these uh art heroes for say in in their communities to look up to so i just kind of opposed to the kids shooting craps on the corner when they're selling drugs god forbid now they're shooting craps on the corner with our mike giant dice and they're like damn where'd you get those and they're like oh it's this cat mike giant and then they look in his lifestyle and who he is and it's like oh wow like i want to change everything i'm doing like killing it you know what i mean like what a, a wholesome lifestyle so it's just infiltrating a world and, and like you can't pull a tapeworm out of your leg all at once. It'll break off and back in. So just like, you know, an inch every day, you tape it off an inch every day. So it's just slowly but surely getting art into a community that can't afford it type thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I also like the idea of like that social interaction aspect of a society that's uh, hyper connected yet pretty separated in terms of visitation with each other like you know the people's days are so inundated with all the shit that they have to do that it's hard to even make an hour to sit down and do something with your friends and i remember a time like you know to, to like glorify being a young person like sitting in the park with a group of friends like smoking a joint or like drinking a 40 and playing dominoes on the park bench like for hours on end and like, there's a sense of uh, um, happiness there with that. You know what I mean? Like the like a sense of community. People got to do things together, especially like team dominoes. You know, you have a, a somebody you're working with to do something, and it creates a social interaction that maybe is a little bit lost these days. Not to, but maybe that you know that's over glorification just lost or jaded you know what i mean like it's so cool you can kill a kid in china over the internet like god of war whatever video game that i would never let my children play but you can't (laughs) put boobs on social media but you can kill another kid in another country on a video game (laughs) right but it's cool to do that but you miss the social interaction like you're saying like where'd you get those kicks or like dude you smell you've been playing video games (laughs) for way too long go take a shower man and that social like interaction of like 
self-critique or just i wouldn't say judgment but opinion disappears you know what i mean yeah and i'm trying to bring that back that's cool so how did you uh find yourself involved in the arts itself like did you something come across your your pathway some way did you have some sort of early influence that uh that got you along this path you know i'm gonna sound like a deep dark hippie here but it was in the stars before i was born like it's uh you know, like the, the guy reads my palm and he goes, oh, shit, really? And I'm like, I know, I know. He goes, no, no, no. Art, like this and that and the other. And it's like my mom at six months old put finger paints in front of me in the backyard and was like, go to it, kid. And I was like, mm-mm. She's like, started crying, she told me. But it was just that I didn't want to put my fingers in the paint. I was <laughs> like, look for a brush, you know? I was like, I'm, no, like, I don't, this is primitive. Like, where's the brushes? Where's the ceramics wheel? Where's the tools that I need to make this happen. So it's always been there. I'm fourth generation San Franciscan artist. So, you know, whereas in Europe and other countries, I think, you know, it's like, oh, wow, like you're you, to a daughter, you'd say your son, you're dating an artist. That's so cool. Whereas in America, it's like, oof, he's not a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> but it's like to be a successful artist, as you know, you can make 10 times more money than any successful lawyer or doctor. And it's even harder because there's no, you can go to school and get someone and play with clay and shit, but there's no, like I graduate and I'm have these guys waiting to recruit me like uh, police Academy. Yeah. There's no sure path for sure. No sure path. Yeah. Um, so you got to make your own, like you, you have multifaceted medias that you use with your art. And at the same time, I'm trying to do that thing that where people don't have 45 minutes to sit down and, you know, hash some shit out, get to know one another, maybe even more than they already did. It's funny, like, I have people who come on the show who, like, have artist friends that they've known forever. And the people email me and be like, I had no idea that person was this, that or that, you know. I've known him for 10 years, you know, so so we don't get that opportunity all the time because we're so fucking busy, especially in an art trade. Like you said, it's such a fucking hustle that like the amount of hours that you put in, you know, to the got your nose to the grindstone yeah. is what's going to come out the other end and, and show as, you know, success, I guess. No, I have like close friends are like, you're an artist. It's like, yeah, dude. They're like, oh, I didn't even know you made art. Because I've been grinding on Talk Global and curating for St. Jude's and at Basel every year, people don't even think or expect that I'm an artist. Well, I think, you know, it's just I had to put the, the cap down of in my garage getting stoned with ceramics for a couple of years to get caught up in the world of business side of art. And now that I have that to a certain degree, like a handle on it, now I can fall back and make my art again and have a income coming in to provide my rent so I can fucking make art every month. You know what I mean? Which and ends like, up, yeah, that's the thing is like trying to recycle everything back into being able to just make some shit. Yeah. It's like David, he's not an artist. He's a gambler. And then he makes art. You know what I mean? And he became rich off gambling and even off the Facebook thing, it was a gamble. So you have to have something these days, if not four or five things going as an artist. You got to be a fucking major hustler if you're going to make it happen. Yeah. And a willingness to take risks, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Mike Giant tattoos. Let's uh, come smoke with us in my creepy hotel room. Yeah, right. It could have got my neck <laughs> slashed that day. 
but instead, you know, we're here now. <laughs> um, so you just got, you know, I was just up in San Francisco for my recent show, and uh, you were just getting prepped for the show that just recently came down um, at White Walls. Can we talk about uh, the Blood and Ink show a little bit? Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, for sure. You you were at uh, Nowheresville, right? Yeah, our, yeah. our buddy Paul's place. Yeah. And then I was uh, butterflies in my belly getting ready for Blood and Ink over at White Walls. <laughs> yeah. So and, what was sort yeah. of the um, the background to getting started on that show? Because it, it obviously uh, a lot of uh, planning goes into something like this. So uh, what were sort of the like precepts to, to getting started? You know, I think uh, I stumbled upon the idea kind of by accident. Uh, first getting tattooed, I was like, oh, shit, I wrecked my sheets, like, fuck. And then, you know, just kind of like ready-made Duchamp style. I was like, oh, shit, like this is something. Like something's coming of something else. This is the evolution of art, just like, you know, the juxtapose movement or the pop art movement. It was just the evolution of art. But then I didn't want it to be stemming like uh, too deep down our own rabbit hole so only artists can understand it. So let me back it up a little bit and uh, – make it fun for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what we did was we took, uh, after people were getting tattooed, I'd mummify the tattoo and let the ink purge out into the wrap. So it was this bloody, beautiful uh, print off the tattoo. And it's kind of just like a ready-made of a tattoo. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for people who don't know, who maybe haven't been tattooed, most of us who are at least have had multiple tattoos, know what it's like to get one late at night or, you know, in the evening and wake up the next day and be stuck to the sheet. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, in fact, the last time uh, Mike tattooed me, that happened to me. The my the sheet was just attached to my bicep. And it it was like, ow. Like, it, it was like, it was like peeling off a Band-Aid from a fresh wound, basically. Um, and so, so you're doing these sort of, you, you got this idea to, to start working with these imprints, right? Yeah. You know, like as an artist, I would consider myself a conceptual artist and this was just one show that I really wanted to execute. And I, I was kind of hoping like another tattooer would do it for say before me, cause I'm not a tattooer. It's right. just, I'm a curator and I got enough fucking ink to stand out at the swimming hole, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I just I went around to all my good homies and I said, "Hey, here's what I'm doing," and they said, "Fuck yeah! Like I want to be a part of it." So more of like a a collaboration idea, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It's almost it's, I see it. I I wrote down curation of images underneath yeah. the the title on my notes, and that's what it seems like. It's like a, a almost like a historical gathering of. Something awesome. that will still last forever on whoever the person is, but it could be long gone. Like you think about like how often tattoo artists are in contact with people and affect their entire life, but then they're gone from the tattoo artist's life forever. Most of the time, you know, unless it's a repeat customer. But I, I think I would probably say what, like 80% of tattoo uh, artist customers, they probably don't see again. You know, yeah. The, who'd you get the tattoo by? Oh, I don't know. From the blah blah blah. Where? <laughs> yeah. you know I, ha I, mean? I know that I have a number of tattoos from artists who I I have no idea where the fuck they're at. It's called jail, Mike. But <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a couple jails. 
Uh, that, yeah, like, so, you know, if, if I was, like, fucking Kat Von D's boyfriend type shit and I got major recognition in the tattoo world, I'd want to be some sort of a tattoo consultant. People come to me and they go, I want a dragon or I want a naked sailor chick. And I go, oh, I got it. This homie, this homie. And I'm like, all right, no perfume. Take a fucking shower a day and wash your hair. So then I can bring my homie that's the tattoo artist uh, a nice clean canvas because everybody that tattoos gets these people and they're like, oh, my God, you tell that guy like didn't wipe his ass good because like <laughs> it's fucking stunk for three hours or like that lady's perfume is terrible. So if I could help people avoid that quote unquote first tattoo and then do this process after it. So it's like mom hates tattoos. So you get the I love mom tattoo, do the print on it. And then you could give that mom for memorabilia. And that's kind of what Blood Ink was about. Like the way I curated the show, my grandma, who is one of my best friends, is a Holocaust survivor. Fucking can't stand tattoos. Like we're eating dinner and she's like, you look like a concentration camp. It's just like, oh, is it my just God. because of the, the, like the connection to yeah. being like branded? Yeah, yeah. Just like that's what the Nazis did to us. Like, how could you want to do that? And she goes, well, they are beautiful and this and that. And I said, well, where the fuck do the Nazis have a goddamn room to put one number on me? She goes, yeah, that's true. They ain't got a room for any numbers on you. But, <laughs> Like, the way that it was curated, it was, uh, like, I covered the walls with blood and ink, and uh, it looked pretty gruesome. But then if you watch the videos to classical music and these beautiful women smearing their bodies all over the walls. So to just see it done, it looked like the inside of the showers of a concentration camp. But if you saw the process and you it all coming together, it brings tears to your eyes. Like, the people in the gallery were silent watching the video. And uh, it's just, you know, the idea of things aren't what they seem type shit. You know what I mean? I, it's funny you say that now. Like, I just had this experience today that uh, I was getting coffee. I was standing in line. And a uh, homegirl who, who works at the coffee shop, who I know, you know, by name, uh, was like one hand sweeping and talking on the phone on the other side. And there's this dude standing in front of me, you know, like this kind of prickish, like business owner type. You know, he had a he had a purple shirt on with, you know, collared shirt with his fucking button undone. And he looked like he had like I've been hanging out in the Bahamas type tan, you know, bright white hair. And uh, he looks over at me and look, he looks at her, looks at me, goes, I'd fire that girl. And I'd, I was like, oh, well, you know, she's she's a good worker. I know her. And he was like, he like shrugged it off like kind of rolled his eyes or whatever and i look over and i was like oh well you know she's on the business phone he thought she was standing over there talking on her on her cell phone just to one of her friends just kind of pushing dirt around but meanwhile mm -hmm. she was like dealing with some managerial shit like making sure the fucking store had changed or whatever the fuck she had to do with you know talking on the fucking work phone and i was like look man you know sometimes that quick perception of something that you have changes what the reality of the situation is you know just a quick glance can really change fucking a person's perception of what what truth really is and uh that just showed it right there and he was like fuck yeah you know i was just kidding like i was you know i was just fucking around like i'm a business owner this and that i was like yeah i'm a business owner too like I'm a, I'm a fucking artist. I run my own business. I'm my own employee. I know I know exactly what the fuck is going on. You know, like fucking you got to fuck. You got to wait and see things from different angles sometimes to really 
appreciate things sometimes or even really see what truth is. No, I'm guilty of that myself. And when I recognize it, it kicks my ass and I fucking love it. And I think yeah. about it all day. Like, damn, like I owe that person an apology and you don't get in a chance to give that person an apology <laughs> or like run to your car and grab some stickers and shit. So it's like the next 10 people you like, feel guilty like seeing you put stickers up and so you're like uh, uh like here's some too like um uh, like super polite and try to make up for it yeah. but you know that's what life's about man it's not about making mistakes fuck man perfect people make mistakes it's about what we do to make them right yeah you know sure. and recognizing hey oh ego gulp, like messed up or like shit i was hungry i said that about the chicken line like <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and then you know like i i'm definitely guilty myself of putting my foot in my mouth quite a bit but it, if if that dude just thinks i could tell like he felt embarrassed about himself you know and it will impact him in, on some on some level and that even just that idea that changing like okay i fucked up and i can't do anything about that over there now but i'm gonna try to make up for it with this next 10 people like can be it there is some power to that Oh, my friends listening right now are like, that's fucking Justin's life story, dude. He's a six foot four. He goes around like smashing people's sandcastles all the time without <laughs> realizing it. Like total fucking Larry David style. Like everything I try to do to make it right, dude, it just ends up like a deeper hole that we can't get the fucking AV ATV out of on the beach type of shit. It's yeah. like. <laughs> so you were able, you did some prints. You you showcased so, all these all these imprints, I guess. Yeah, like it was my it was my first solo show. So, you know, I've shown like here and there just kind of cruising with some of my mentors, um, you know, in New York at the MoMA in 2012. I had an opportunity to show uh, a video that I did with Ron and then in Basel right after that. But I hadn't really been given the platform to be like, hey, dude, like, what do you have going for you? And uh, Justin at White Walls gave me that opportunity. So I said, what do you want me to do? He said, these fucking prints are bad, dude. Like, this shit's awesome. You're doing these. I said, yes, boss. And we did the prints. And then I did a, a, another print to coincide with it that I released with 1X Run that actually uh, drew my own blood and sent it out there. And then they printed it. And then I shot it with a shotgun to um, kind of like the fight club thing, man, like death to ego. I didn't want to shoot my own fucking face off and, too pretty for that but uh i did want to kind of say hey like you were saying like fuck like we make mistakes and i realize it like death to my ego like in the tattoo and graffiti world that i'm I don't even want to re realize it but I, it's like my sister calls me a hipster all the time it's like i don't own a pair of black fucking pants but i guess i'm a goddamn hipster if you really want to i complain a lot and like every shirt i have is black but so I kind of wanted to use it as like a death to ego or like, hey, if we can put our egos aside, like we got some cool ass fucking shit to offer each other. You know what I mean? And sometimes it takes that to be able to take a step away from yourself and be uh, creative in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Like um, it, it was it was inspiring. Just like just the reaction, you know, lots of haters. I thought maybe people were going to like come to the show and rip shit off the walls. A lot of people were pissed. They're like, this isn't your art. You didn't make this. And I'm like, Oh damn. Like I'm pissing people off. This is awesome. Like they say, you know, good <laughs> art should, you know, uh, disturb the comfortable and, uh, 
comfort the disturbed type shit. So yeah. started to get the reaction going, but then I knew I was in the in the right boat. Like when I did some of the prints, like Lyle Tuttle was there with you know, June, Junie and Bill, and they were all thumbs up, man, fucking props. So when you get backing like that, you know that you're not doing things intentionally to hurt people. It's just, you know, you set people like being a big guy walking on the beach, you step on sandcastles, but yeah. inevitably you knew what the sandcastle was going to have come. And, you know. you know, people who take that sort of stance probably have very little idea about uh, the concept, putting it together, uh, the sort of just the idea of, of scheduling all that stuff, like getting people who you know who are getting tattooed, who are getting rad art, you know, not just some like shit shit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you want good work to show cuz you want to also showcase this this art form in and of itself. You're showcasing it in a different way and you know, the, the same people would probably uh shit on Jeff Koons and say you don't make your own art yeah. even though like conceptually it's been built over a period of time with a specific sort of goal set. You know, exactly. I did get some prejudice, I think, just from some tattooers. They just said, you know, and it was just a matter of, like, uh, whatever, you know, interest. Some people said, you need to learn how to tattoo, and then you need to tattoo people in order for it to be called your art. And I said, you know, I don't want to spend a lifetime mastering tattooing. I'm just doing this and moving on, next art show. So... And then some people just thought I was stealing their idea or whatnot. Like, I, I don't know. I can't read minds. Um, but I did upset some people, and I didn't mean to. I just was moving forward, and I did make a lot of people happy. You know what I mean? So yeah. ultimately, I hope that I added more good to the world with this show. And maybe not today, but ultimately, like, you know, maybe some badass artist that saves our species from fucking destruction saw my show and said hey man like something sparked there and that's why i made this who knows but i really do hope something great comes out of it not i didn't do it to piss people off and upset anybody like that wasn't my intention but i know i use shock value a lot to get people's attention so sure and you know there's some there's something to be said about like preservation as well you know like what I said, like tattoos are gone eventually and people die. But if you're making these imprints and showing this work that will be, you know, behind glass or, you know, yeah. saved in some particular way down the line, there's some physical manifestation of what we've been as people for, you know, this time frame, you know, say hundreds of years ago or years from now, you know, like if, if that stuff is still around to show like what, the culture is i think that there's importance to, to that i think as just as much as, as painting or you know photography or somebody who does collage like all that shit you know it's all the same thing i think no i know i've been ranting uh let me continue to like <laughs> ceramics i love it's like my ultimate medium because it's unless someone fucking smashes it with a hammer it's going to be around for civilizations to find in the future what not thousands of years maybe aliens who knows tattooing it's got a shelf life of if you take real good fucking care of yourself 100 years 105 years you know what i mean just yeah. a lifetime um and that's what i wanted to do is like how do i preserve what i and please try to disprove me is the oldest art form known to man 
try to put it on a pedestal and say, hey, now it's fine art. You have to fucking recognize that. And people haven't because there's no way to sell or trade tattooing. And now I found a way to put it at Art Basel and put a fucking price tag on it. Someone can buy it and then, you know, give inherit, let their kids inherit it. And it's going to last forever or at least, you know, like the shroud of whatever fucking Jesus thing. Yeah, It's been around for forever, but now I've put an artistic twist on it and it's going to be around for a long time coming. And, and, you know, uh, you may even get into a place where people want to have their tattoos, like the process commemorated and be like, hey, can you do this for me when I'm going to get tattooed next week or whatever? Dude, it's funny you say that. So Sven from Rested uh, Motion talked talk to me. We did an interview and he turned me on to these people in Amsterdam. You can get signed up and they'll skin your ass when you die. Yeah. So nice. we've been talking about maybe doing a show, like sending this uh, what's left of the show that didn't sell out to Amsterdam uh-huh. to do it out there at this place. Yeah, see, that shit's perfect. I'm I'm on, I'm on board. We've been going back and forth because it's like, fuck, skin me, dude. Fucking waste all this shit for nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be gnarly. That's like the, the those fools that do the, the human body exhibition that goes around to like the oh. major museums. You know, I missed it. I was in San Diego, and, like, my buddy was in a hurry, hungry or something, and was like, we're right out front. And I was like, I have to go. He's like, I'm leaving you here if you go inside. And I was like, ah, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So are you going to uh, Basel this year? I've been thinking about doing a live podcast there, maybe. You you should. Um, I'm down, man. Uh, I can't not go to Basel every year. It's like I went to Burning Man my first time this last year, and – I try to compare it to Art Basel, but there is no comparing it. It's dirty, and it looks like, you know, poor people built art out of Budweiser cans for the most (laughs) part. Don't get me wrong. Life-changing experience. I wish everybody in the world had a week off to go to Burning Man. It would change our world significantly. It would really, it really would. But Art Basel, man, I don't have a bloody nose from the dust. You know what I mean? You got a bloody nose from something else out there, if anything. (laughs) Yeah, definitely in Miami. But uh, it's clean, man. And the, the the meaning of the minds aspect in Art Basel, Miami, every year is awesome. Like, fucking chilling last year with uh, my boy Peter Linkquist, fucking awesome taxidermy artist. We're going out to breakfast and shit. And then uh, Gary Basin, I'm like chilling in a bar waiting for a bus to go to the strip club, shows up. I'm like, whoa, you're like the dude. Like, all the homies talk about how crazy you are and we should link up. He's like, all right, so what are we doing at night? I'm like, let me see that fucking Toby doll. And he's on stage with the strippers and we're taking pictures by the end of the night. So, you know, and it's like lifelong friend forevermore because we met at Art Basel when your guards are down and you're in the zone and you're doing it. You know what I mean? So I have to go to Art Basel again this year. I'm going out uh, in November. I got something up my sleeve. I got to prepare it. And then I'm going to hit it hard in December and watch it uh, take life with everybody else. Nice, yeah. I skipped last year. I, I feel like I need to go do something this year. So Justin Kirsten, that's person with a K. I want to see some motherfuckers jump on my Instagram account. <laughs> Say it again. You kind of clipped a little bit when you oh, said. Oh, Justin Kirsten. If like a thousand people jump on my Instagram account, I'll like show my girlfriend's ass on it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We have we have a like a slow gaining power, like a, a nice steady uphill. It might right, not, we'll it might not be a heavy spike. Ten. All right, we could do that. 
I don't have so, a girlfriend there, so fuck it. But <laughs> I'll put someone's ass on there. Yeah, so as long as there's ass, I think it, you'll get at least yeah. ten. No, no, but back to the art, dude. Art Basel is <laughs> amazing. I've done a recap video for the last five years on my trip out there. This last one was a recap video of my entire five-year experience from curating the uh, Basel Castle party um, to just cruising, checking out all the ex- exhibitions and uh, the nightlife and all the fun people that are out there. Yeah, it's such a crazy experience. It's a mixture of fashion music and art and how many facets of art too not just sculpture or painting but performance art and just everything you can think of yeah i watched a dude cut his back up with razor blades yeah but that shit is art son it is it was dark and emotional so blood Blood link was fun man i don't know if we're gonna i'm gonna do that anymore as far as like curating a show for it like as friends see it, they're like, oh, will you do that for my next tattoo? And that's really where I wanted it to go is just, uh, you know, private stuff for people. Yeah. Um, but then the next show I have coming out is all game orientated, tying my artwork into tools of the trade together to bring light to that bigger picture. Yeah. Nice. So let's um, let's plug your website. Uh, obviously, we got your Instagrams. We're going to get you 15 new instagram followers 15 oh damn maybe 143 i think the problem is both of our followers are all of our homies anyway so it's It's all the same fucking incestuous people so if people want to check out my art or just bitch and complain because i swear too much on the podcast go to justinkerson.com k-e-r-s-o-n once again it's person with a k um justinkerson.com or if you want to buy some turkey bags for motherfucking harvest season, go to tottglobal.com and check that out. We also got the fun games on there, the Mike Giant Rolling High Dice, the Jeremy Fish Dominoes, and just other fucking awesome stocking stuffers and birthday gifts, stuff like that. So that's tottglobal.com. Beautiful, man. Um, Justin, I want to thank you again for, for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. I'm glad we were able to sit down and... Uh and get all this stuff out there yeah oh and if you guys are in la this weekend at agenda i have a piece up in benny gold benny gold's glider series show yeah i've been there's, seeing a bunch of those popping up yeah so there's 70 of us and we're all in this huge show he sent us these like airplanes and we all fucking drew on them and customized them i did the bitch bomber so it's this little fucking plane dropping these bombs with the word bitch on it and stuff and it's just, you know, the idea we should be more conscious of our words because they are spells that we're manifesting and putting out in the world. Right. And uh, we did a series of stickers with the word bitch on them. Now we did a series of stickers with the word love and hope on them. So uh, it's just the shock value, get people's attention. And then once you have that hole, what do you fill it in with? Love and hope. Love and hope, my brother. Right. All right, my friend. Let's do internet dap. Zap. Bam. Tell the pup up. I say what up. He's yeah, fucking crashed. Dude, out he didn't there. snore at all. I'm so surprised. I thought for sure he was going to start fucking snoring. Little piglet. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace, bye.
When I was young, then my dad had a reefer house. I catch a contact and talk like Eka Mouse. Go to school, act like I'm pulling reefer out. Kind of funny because I used to freak my teachers out. Like, dang, dang, diddy, dang, dang, sin. So much me go teach about. Piece of the one black Johnny and his heaters out. In the club, everybody on Sinatra. Look around, everybody on Sinatra. I ain't talking about the shit they call Coke and Vodka. I'm talking about the shit you snort and go, ha, 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 ha. I mean, just go bonkers. Make the young girls wild and then go topless. Make the dope boys smile. They don't need binoculars. Make them niggas wanna pull out choppers. Brr, 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 they got you. Rang, ba bum ba bum. Aerosol can, ba bum ba bum. Monkey outside, ba bum ba bum. Shooting all night, ba bum ba bum. Stick a bum, take a clang clang clang. Hang on to that ass like a rainbow tank. Motherfucker, transform to a grown man and transform again like. Skateboard, can a nigga make more? Still my style, I ain't got no reward. Like hmm, make yourself bigger like mushroom. Mario Kart, yeah. All y'all niggas wanna get like me. All y'all niggas wanna spit like pee. Missing ass niggas wanna hit like me. Meanwhile, your bitches wanna kiss my D. Child rebel soldier, hit that ass with a combo. Act 47 in a dress on a rhino. Boom. Commodore like Lionel. Zoom. Hauling that ass like a new Rayron. Am I wrong? Riding with my bitch main all night long. One second I'm here, next second I'm gone. That's two and sixty seconds, nigga. What you on? Girls on me like they're super glued on. I'm a dig like a table you can place food on. Next Szechuan. Oh, who not? Nigga, I'm hot like the place Mulan. Rang. Aerosol can, ba bum ba bum. Monkey outside, ba bum ba bum. Shooting all night, ba bum ba bum. Bomb sticker bomb, take a clang clang clang. Bang on all that ass like a renge tang. Motherfucker transform to a grown man and transform again like. Nigga, I'm hot like the place Tucson. BBC ice cream skewed on. No discounts, no coupons, but I got the Rolls Royce for the great coupon. Now you jealous with your face screwed on? Who on? Nigga, you on? People ass niggas only get booed on. Shitty attitude get pissed and pooed on. Fucking with peace. You wrong, retreat, nigga. You don't wanna feud on. Your nerves ain't meant for a big dude on. Stumping that ass until you gone. Hoping that you make it home with your shoes on. While I'm touring these booties, scoring these movies. I know that I'm making when I'm chilling with Stewie. Ask my dickers what I did for Louie. Sunglasses, campaign, and jewelry. Ask Albert how he really wanna use me. Come to Garcon, ain't using that loosely. Look at your forehead, sweating profusely. Aerosol can, ba bum ba bum. Monkey outside, ba bum ba bum. Shooting all night, ba bum ba bum. Bomb sticker bomb, take a clang. Clang, clang, clang. Uh, Bang on all that ass like a renge tang. Uh, Motherfucker transform to a grown man uh, and transform again like Major Lazer. Fast one, slow one, with the even part. 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 Fast one, slow one, with the even part.